I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Hey folks, David Frost, my strategic forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Wednesday, January 30, 2019. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. So by now we all know what happened. We can cut right to the chase. The Fed was the spark, but we were setting up from the daily chart perspective in a bullish formation, we kept talking about it over and over and over again. Look at the title slide or the title from last night's video, Tuesday night. The market is coiled up. It's going to make a larger move in one direction or another. We had the elephant in the room. That was the shorter term bearish pattern. But then we talked about the magnet theory. And that is that the larger time frame would act as the stronger magnet and draw the price if that was going to be the case. And I believed that was going to be the case. That was the case. That is the case. That continues to be the case. So now what? Is that it? Did we top out? Are there higher prices? What's going on? What do we do from here? What's the market likely to do from here? We're going to answer those questions here tonight in this video. But first, let me just thank everybody for participating, making comments and posts underneath the video each and every night. I love the interaction. I love the banter back and forth. Please keep up the great work. In addition, please hit the thumbs up button on the video and go ahead and share the video with anybody that you think would benefit from this information. We were discussing 263. That was pretty much a bogey. I don't know how many times we discussed 263. It was getting a little bit ridiculous already, but that seemed important. It was becoming obvious that that was the daily pivot point on this chart, 263. Something else was going on, and when you take a look at this and think back to some of the core information in the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader, you'll notice once again that time is more important than price. I can't say that enough. I can't emphasize that enough. Time is more important than price. When you think back to the course and you look at this chart and you think in terms of time and you think in terms of 263, the trade setup slaps you in the face. All week long, we were discussing bullish above 263, not so much below. It was pretty much the bogey over and over and over again for all the inside the number members each and every day, every morning. Now the question is, this downsloping trend line, how important is that going to be? That's a pretty good question, right? Here's what I'll say, because a lot of you are bringing up this trend line because we've had it on the chart for a while now. The only two things we really need right now on the chart is 263, which we don't need any longer on the chart, but I'm going to leave it there just for historical purposes. We might want to reminisce about 263 at some point in time. And it's also likely to become important once again. Back to the trend line, though. So let's say about a week ago, we went right up into the trend line. Is that a different trade setup than right now? For example, if we came into this trend line tomorrow, is that the same as if we did it about a week ago? No, it's not. And that's what's important to realize. We just spent a long time 
eating time off the clock underneath this trend line. Can it be resistant to the market? Can it be overhead resistance? Sure it can. However, the longer that we ate time off the clock and consolidated right alongside or right on top of 263, which was also as this downsloping trend line was sloping downward toward price, the longer we consolidated in that fashion, kind of sandwiched in between, the less and less important this downsloping trend line may become, at least right now. Well, if I'm saying it's not as important as it was before, then what are we looking for? Well, right now, the market's bullish. We're looking for higher prices. And I know it's hard to believe, and I know I get the dislikes and the nasty comments and the emails from all the perma bears out there. I get it. I understand the whole story. I understand the student debt. I understand the trade war with China. I understand the CFO being arrested in Canada. I understand anything you can possibly bring up. I understand the total national debt. I understand the deficit. I understand all this stuff. None of this is lost on me. But none of it has anything to do with where price is going to be today, tomorrow, next Tuesday. That's all separate and apart from one another. We've been discussing the market has a destination. It hasn't found the final destination on this leg higher yet. Let it find the final destination. And this answers the question, what do we do from here? We let the market find the final destination. Where is it likely to be? Well, first order of business is it could be at the downsloping trend line. That would be the earliest, earliest first point of resistance anything higher than we were today or even around the highs of today because by the time tomorrow rolls around the highs of today will likely be somewhat of a spike through the trend line or close to it downsloping trend line is coming down as time goes on then above that we have the 100 period moving average and we've also identified quite some time ago 271.50 so in here is the general zone where I'm looking for signs and a signal now of a trend change. And remember, and this is for the folks that keep saying, yeah, but you said, no, no, no. I also said the market could do one of these, right? We went up, we could pull back, we could go up again, and then we could come down again. So I drew this out a couple of times on various occasions. I gave a couple of different schematics on what was likely to happen the more we went sideways the more 263 was supportive of the market the more all the traders that take the course at lazy e-mini trader had a complete understanding of what the likely scenario was which is why yesterday's video was titled we're all coiled up and it was likely to have a bigger move and this was it doesn't have to be it meaning over this could be the start of a move that goes much higher we could certainly go several dollars in the spider higher 30 40 points 50 points higher in the es is not out of the question this was sparked by the fed but keep in mind part of it is short covering right people are positioned traders whoever are positioned thinking that the market's going to come down on the fed news because it's been up so much but that's the poorest reason in the book these are the same people 
that continuously short the market for all the reasons I just mentioned, all the debt and the deficit and all those reasons, all the negative news reasons, the wall of worry reasons, they're the same people that short the market, quote unquote, because it's up too much, and they're also the same people that lose 8 out of 10 trades. If you just follow along, you'll realize we have a pretty good idea of the general direction of the market and we know where we're wrong, we know where the trend is changing, and we're able to kind of shift gears when necessary as the market dictates. That's a requirement in this business. New information, new input, new information could potentially mean action. What about the other side? What if it is a rope-a-dope? What if everybody wakes up Thursday morning, the market's trading down, and they take back the entire rally? That's happened before, it's going to happen again, so it is totally possible. We do have to look at both sides of the market. That's a requirement in this business. Because we had such a wide range today, from high to low or low to high, we have a distant bogey. The bogey is essentially 265. You start closing hourly below 265, and there's likely trouble. Can they run down to fill the gap? I guess it's possible. But it's unlikely unless something else is developing. The market really shouldn't be down in that area unless something bearish was developing. So I'm going to say any hourly closes below 265 and at least the upside for the time being has to be put on hold until new or more information comes in. Now keep in mind that still leaves us above 263. So even if we have a down day, does that mean the market's turning around and everything collapses? No, it doesn't. Think about it like this. The Dow was up over 400 points. The S&P was up over 40 handles. That's over 1.5%. The NASDAQ composite was up over 2%. So even if there's somewhat of a give back tomorrow, that doesn't necessarily mean anything other than potential retracement of a garden and variety. But net-net, as I sit here now, looking at this chart, it was a bullish close. There's no other way to read the tape. The IWM, my favorite market-leading indicator, was not leading the market today. So that's interesting. It's of note. It's a puzzle piece. It's on the table. We are trying to break up, but the IWM was not leading. So I'm going to put that in the back of my mind. It's definitely of note. It's important. It's a bigger than a bread box puzzle piece. Doesn't mean we're going or not going higher tomorrow or the next day. But this is how things begin to unfold. We start to see little clues dropped here and there. If we have a big update in the IWM tomorrow and it plays catch up and begins leading the market, that's fine. We'll put the puzzle piece back in the draw. But for right now, it's a puzzle piece. Still nothing whatsoever bearish on this chart. Looks bullish. Acting bullish, higher prices likely. The transports, my second favorite market leading indicator. We discussed this the last few nights. This is a bullish chart. There was nothing technically wrong with this chart. It's in an uptrend based on the daily chart. Markets always have a destination. To me, it looks like the destination is somewhere around 10,200 to the 100 period moving average up at 10,333. Somewhere in that neck of the woods is where the transports are likely to find what we call overhead resistance. 
about we switch gears real quick and take a look and see what's going on inside the numbers. We have to look at everything as a total picture each and every day. So let's start with the morning update, and I'll give you a synopsis of what the pre-market morning notes said. You can come back and read it later if you want. First, we're discussing the fact that the futures held up in the overnight session, and my thought process was, based on the fact that the Fed was reporting around mid-afternoon at 2 o'clock, it was unlikely we were going to get very far in either direction. However, how far can the ES or SPY go on the upside? I called it the north side. Once again, and we say this all the time, always higher than most traders think, but in this case, hard to see the rally reaching much past ES 2663, which is simply Monday's high, no magic. And that pretty much happened, give or take. What's the likely early morning pivot? 2647. We discussed that yesterday. We discussed it again this morning. There really weren't a ton of stocks on the move this morning, but we did have some on the board. Let's take a look and see. We're not going to have a great trading day every single day, but sometimes we get the market direction right. We can hop on board. Maybe we had some good trades. Maybe we didn't, but there is kind of something for everybody in here. So first up, we go to the morning gap trades. We had Boeing on the board. It didn't hit our target, so no trade. It's off the board. Actually came close, but it didn't do it. So then we go down to the next section, which is stocks on the move. So we did have some stocks on the move this morning. We didn't have a ton, but we had some. And we'll look at some of the charts, but just to cut to the chase, the second column from the right, entry hit, if it says open, the target price was not hit. It was a no trade. If it says yes, that means price did hit our target and therefore a trade was potentially triggered for any trader that chose to take a trade and we'll go see what happens. And then we go down and we have the index important numbers. So you have the ES, we have the SPY and you have crude oil. You can take a look at the numbers and then take a look at the charts and then decide whether the numbers make sense or not. And then we also have a swing trade list, which there's nothing on right now. The service was just launched, so I'm not going to issue any swing trades in the middle of this right now. The timing isn't right, but they will come, and they will come relatively soon. Then we also have the gap fill master list. These are for traders that have taken the lazy gap trader course. This is a self-updating list of opportunities that are on the board from a gap fill trading perspective. So just to change things up a little bit, let's take a look at some of the stocks. We had Boeing. So here's the daily chart of Boeing. You can see where I was looking for a little bit higher. We never got there. So be it. Here's a 10-minute chart of Boeing. You can see basically it just went sideways for most of the day after the initial run-up in the early morning session. AT&T hit the target price. So we had two targets on AT&T, 2958 and 2888. We never got to the 2888, and then they came back to the 2958 after getting close to the 2888. So we call this a crap trade. They basically let you out at break even. They let you out whenever you wanted. We were never really in big danger, and they never gave us the second fill, which would have been nice because it would have turned this into a profit. Unfortunately, we'll just call it a scratch a crap trade, a potential small loss. It is what it is. Then we come over to 8 by 8 EGHT. So we had identified the price level of $16.50. 
60 cents, pardon me. Now, keep in mind, the stock closed over $19.30 last night. That's a big drop, and we pretty much nailed it almost to the penny. In 90 minutes, the stock is trading at a high of $17.65, over a dollar total gain in 90 minutes from entry within pennies. These are the ones that make your day. We're going to have some losing trades. That's part of the business. But these are the ones that pay the money. How about Tupperware? I got stopped out of Tupperware. Terrible trade. Again, we're not going to win every trade. We've had a pretty good string of winners. We're going to have some losers. That's just the way the business works. This was more than a crap trade. This was a bad trade. It just didn't work. But then we go on to the next one. Hawaiian Holdings, H.A., now, this one was interesting because we did have two target prices, $30.95 and $29.50. Now, what's interesting is the market gave the gift on this one. Traders who have taken the course understand that the first price at $30.95, the first horizontal trend line, the stock opened below that price level this morning. It becomes a no trade. We enter at the second price, and look what happened. It ends up being a tremendous trade. So we had one trade that was kind of a scratch, one trade that was a loser. We had one tremendous winner and another tremendous winner. This stock was up over $2 from the $29.50 entry price. These are day trades. This is the way it works. Getting back in our lane, going over to technology, the Qs had a big day. Look at the Qs up over 3%. In the aftermarket session, Facebook was screaming higher. Facebook was up over $20 in the aftermarket session. So this is all evidence that it's telling you there's likely higher prices coming even into tomorrow, maybe even for the remainder of the week. This is how the market sticks it to the shorts. Over in the financial district, we've been discussing the fact that the financials were bullish. They were just eating time off the clock. Without the financials falling apart, was it likely the market was going to fall apart? No, it wasn't. We said that at least a number of times. Down day yesterday in the SMH or the Philadelphia Semiconductor tracking stock, if you will, or exchange-traded fund, big update today, up almost 3% comfortably once again above the 100 period moving average challenging the highs from the other day where are they headed they're headed to a destination the destination is the gap at what is that 98 and a half we'll call it 98 and a half they're headed at least to that destination if not higher nice big move in gold we were talking about gold saying that based on where we closed the week we could actually see numbers like 1345, give or take. That becomes possible. Be interesting to see where gold closes the week on Friday. Right now, it's in a pretty good bullish uptrend. Leave it be. We talked about 1315, and then not sure if we mentioned anything in between. I'm going to leave it alone. I've got no dog in the fight, no position in gold. It's bullish. Let it go. We'll come back and check in on this based on the weekly close. I think that's what's most important at this point in time. Crude oil's been bullish. I missed that crude trade the other day. I had USO on the board, missed it by a few pennies. I was just a little bit late to the party. This was the trade I was looking for. I just missed it. It's interesting how I always miss the crude trade. 
I missed the top. Not that I didn't call the top. We talked about the top. We talked about where the top was going to be. We talked about it long before it got there. It was in the zone. I'm probably the only one that didn't take the trade on the short side. We go all the way down like getting sliced in half. And now I missed the trade on the upside by the other day on USO by a couple of pennies. And it's official. I have to get back out the schmuck shirt. But the good news, there's another trade around the corner. And that's where I'm going to leave it today. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My Strategic Forecast is hosted by David Frost. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app. And please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is common sense market analysis.